In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came to be through him, and without him nothing came to be. What came to be through him was life, and this life was the light of the human race, the light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. A man named John was sent from God. He came for testimony to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came to be through him, but the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, but his own people did not accept him. But to those who did accept him, he gave power to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not by natural generation, nor by human choice, nor by a man's decision, but of God. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And he saw his glory, the glory as of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, The one who is coming after me ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. From his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace. Because while the law was given through Moses, Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only the Son, God, who is at the Father's side, has revealed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Father Parks. I'm a priest of the Diocese of Phoenix, and it's a great joy to be with you this morning for the celebration of this Christmas Mass. It's easy to miss Christmas, to miss what it's all about, especially in our culture, to make it about lists and shopping and consumerism and stress. And of course, that's not what it's really about. And missing what Christmas is about is a serious problem because to miss Christmas is to miss what God has done for everyone. And to miss Christmas is to fundamentally misunderstand the Christian faith. 
And I remember, I was reminded of this recently, a couple days ago I was at my gym and I was talking to this employee, and I guess uh, she's probably like in her early to mid-20s, let's say she's probably 24. And she said, she knows I'm a priest, and she said, oh, is your family Catholic? And I said, uh, most of them are, not all of them are, we're talking about that. And then I said, oh, is your family faithful? She said, some of them, my dad, not really, and my mom used to be super Catholic. And I said, oh, what, is, what does that mean? She said, well, her parents, my grandparents, are super Catholic. And I said, oh, how, well, how do you become super Catholic? She said, well, they're from the Midwest, and there's nothing to do. <laughs> and so they're really into their faith. And then now they're older, so now they're, like, really into their faith. I was like, oh. So essentially, if you take that logic, religion is for, like Christianity is for people who go to church and they play euchre and they smell like corn. That's for Midwest people. And Christianity is basically for people that don't have anything else to do. And therefore, Christmas is just another thing that Christians do when they don't have anything else to do. So if you're from the Midwest, I didn't mean to offend you. That's just, I'm just trying to be faithful to what she said. So. If we can miss Christmas, and by missing Christmas, we miss what Christianity is about, what is Christmas actually about? And of course, the answer is given to us in today's readings. And in the gospel that we just heard from the prologue to John's gospel, it begins very high. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It's like, what? Then he goes on. He was in the beginning with God. All things came to be through him, and without him nothing came to be. It's like... What are you talking about? Can we get to the baby? Like, what? what is all this about? And of course, the reason why John is doing this is because he wants you to understand who this baby is. That the God, who is the creator of the universe, the creator God of Israel, has taken flesh and dwelt among us. The God who's holding every molecule into being, the God who's created every spiral galaxy and every sycamore tree, that God took flesh and dwelt among us. He entered his own creation and became a little baby so that we could adore him. It's, it's like unbelievable. It's astounding that that's what Christmas is about. That's exactly what it's about. And this God, um, who is this child, Jesus, the reason why God has done this is because God has taken on what we have, which is our human nature, so that he could give us what he has, which is his divine nature. That's what Christmas is about, this extraordinary exchange. And in the first reading, it says, by the prophet Isaiah, he says, the Lord will raise his mighty arm before all the nations. And they had no idea when Isaiah wrote that prophecy that this little baby, in the course of that night, made a sound, raised his little arm, his little three-inch arm, four-inch arm. And what was happening in that moment was that the holy God was bearing his mighty arm, the little arm of that baby. I think, that's astounding. That's crazy. It's Christmas. Frank Sheet said, imagine when Jesus was a full-grown man, and he's a carpenter, and somebody comes to him and says, hey, can you make me some shelves? And he says, uh, yeah. And the guy's like, are you any good at making shelves? And Jesus could have thought, well, I made you <laughs> and your whole family and everything, and I'm holding everything into being every moment. Yeah, I can make shelves. Right? That's so strange, right? But that's what Christmas is. That's what God has done. There was once a man who was stuck in a hole, 
And a guy walked by the top and he said, hey, we're stuck in this hole. And he said, oh, I'll get a rope. And he ran off. A few minutes later, another guy walked by. He's like, hey, I'm stuck in this hole. And he said, oh, I'll go get a ladder. And he ran off. Then a few moments later, a friend of the guy in the hole walks by. And he's like, friend, I'm stuck in this hole. And his friend says, oh. And then he jumps in the hole. So then he looks at him and he says, well, that was stupid. Now we're both stuck in the hole. His friend says, yes, but I've been in this hole before and I know the way out. So follow me. The way that God has chosen to save us is by drawing close to us. We could say in a sense that he's gotten in the hole with every person. He knows what it's like to be you. He's invaded his own creation. The book of Hebrews says, God is like us in all things but sin. God came to us. He walked our streets. He breathed our air, which of course are his streets and are his air. But he didn't even come to us as a fully grown man. He came to us first as a preborn child in his mother's womb, Mary, and then was born into the world as an innocent, defenseless, totally humble child to draw close to us. And why? One of the other church fathers said, God became man so that men could become gods. And by that he doesn't mean we become another god. He says we participate in the very life of God. Jesus shared in our humanity so that we could share in his divinity. And in the prologue to John's gospel, it says that Jesus comes. He's rejected by his own people. But it then says this, but to those who accept him, he gave power. What's the power that this creator God of Israel has brought to us? To become children of God. That's the power? Yes. To those who did accept him, he gave power to become children of God. It goes on to say, to those who believe in his name, who were born not by natural generation, not by human choice, nor by man's decision, but of God. The power is in the paternity. Redemption is found in the relationship. Fellowship with Jesus leads to freedom from sin. It's all relational. That's the power he gives us. It says this life came into the world and this life, this divine life, is the light of the world and the darkness has not overcome it. God wants to be in relationship with you. He wants to be in relationship with me. And through that relationship, we come to discover who we are, why we exist, how to deal with suffering. To miss Christmas is to miss the Christian faith, which is to miss why we exist. You know, in the crucifixion, we could say Jesus is saying, look at the depths of love I have for you. But in the crib on Christmas, it's as if he's saying, look how accessible I make myself to you. What could be more unintimidating than a baby? Be in relationship with me. I want to be in relationship with you. And I have gone, I could go no further. I've taken flesh and dwelt among you. And St. Paul says, at the beginning of all his letters, he says, grace and peace to you. It's always that thing, grace and peace to you, to God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. One of the ways we know we experience this relationship with Jesus, that we have this light in our life, is that we experience peace. It's always grace and peace to you. If you want peace, you want grace, which is God's life. If you don't have grace, you don't have peace. If you know Jesus, you know peace. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have peace. That's why he came to the world, that we would be in relationship with him 
and through him have this peace that only he can give. I'd like to close by saying the humility and wonder of Christmas continues even today at this Mass. What could be more unintimidating than a baby in a crib? And Jesus was born in Bethlehem, which means house of bread. He would later refer to himself as an adult as the bread of life who came down from heaven. Whoever eats this flesh and drinks this blood will live forever. He says, my flesh is food for the life of the world. After he was born, the first thing that happened, he was placed in a manger. That's very strange. That's where animals feed. It'd be like a child being born at a good Samaritan hospital. Immediately, somebody puts him in the salad bar. It's like, what are you doing? That's where, that's where humans feed. He was placed in a manger where animals feed, right? And again, all of this, the Lord is just foreshadowing that you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. I was born in the house of bread. I was placed immediately where animals feed. I am the bread of life who came down from heaven. And in a few moments at this altar, Jesus will be made present to us through the Eucharist. He will come to us what appears to be lifeless bread, so humble, so small, not coming in what we would think is power. But why? You're the reason. I'm the reason. Because he wants to be in relationship with us. And through that relationship, he wants to save us. So come, let us adore Jesus, who is here, and he's come to save us.